up, weenies? How's it going? This is Shin and Jim podcast. I am Victor Garsley. I'm Crowboy. And I am Professor Elemental. <laughs> and uh, it's so wonderful to uh, have you. This is the second time we've tried to do the um, intro <laughs> due to uh, Zoom being absolutely toilet. And, uh, and it, but it is the first time you called the show Shin and Jin. <laughs> that's, why was, and- that's why I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got his shin. Get, get your shins out for the lads. <laughs> what, what, what's stupid about this is that every single intro I've done for Sin and Gin, I'm always messing it up. I messed it up last time. <laughs> and it's, it's not even that difficult. I could never be on TV. <laughs> no. That's why so, we're all involved in steampunk, because no, none of us could ever be on TV. None of us no, could make it. No. But we live here. No. Um... <laughs> So, Mr. Elemental, Professor, how are you doing? Are you wonderful in these weird and strange times? Have you made friends with the spider under the sink? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I've, I've, I've mostly dug not being out and about. Mm-hmm. Uh, my children have kept me fairly entertained, and I've flipped from being either the world's most amazing homeschool teaching dad, where I'm just like creating these incredible lessons and huge universes for them to play in, or I've been just slumped with a hangover in front of the telly going, just watch fucking Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There are are only two moods. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a mix of both. And and the family keeping well, the kids are doing all right as well? Kids are doing loads better than me. I mean, as you you imagine being eight years old and being told you can't go to school. I mean, they're absolutely delighted. Well, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, we're, as as steampunks, we're quite extrovert as well. So, and we're so used to performing and seeing so many people and partying all the time. You know, um, it's a bit of a crash to reality. <laughs> it is. There's nowhere to hide. Like, I, you know, we've been really, we've had, we've been really good. Like through the week, we're just super cool. We go to bed like really early. Friday <laughs> nights, we get absolutely smashed and. <laughs> Really embarrassing Zoom call with some other parents in fancy dress. Oh, yeah, nice. I've, I've been meaning to ask, what's in that teacup you got there? Uh, uh, this is my very special brand of tea, which I only get out on a Friday night, but uh, it's going down an absolute storm. <laughs> Mummy and Daddy tea. Oh, it's the tea that gives Daddy the bad, the bad headache, the quiet time on Saturdays. <laughs> Daddy had a bad glass of wine last night. Bad, bad glass of tea. Yeah. Don't, don't look at Daddy. Don't look at Daddy. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> oh well, it's wonderful to see you, and uh, it's it's great to um. You know, just yeah, just to just be, in, yeah, just be, yeah, just great, mate. It's great to see oh, you. I have to say, I'm admiring whatever is going on behind you. The is it porcelain on the radiator? Yes, well, I'm very glad you asked. Is a selection of um, a selection of cakes. There's the vanilla pigeon there. Vanilla oh, yes. pigeon, obviously. And so- lime there, all of which were props for the like the show that I was about to start touring about horror films. Which, like so many other things, crumbled into dust. That's uh, it. We'll find new ways to sort of bring them back. What's it, I mean, one of the upsides has been watching all the kind, like like the stuff that you're doing, just working out how to make new creative things in this strange new world we find ourselves. <laughs> there's been some very innovative ideas and suggestions. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's been a so. You know, if anything, I, the steampunk uh, community is still going so strong. I certainly don't feel it's dipped in any way. Um, if anything, you know, it might have made it even stronger, I think, because there's nothing like 
feeling a little bit out on a limb and a bit out on your own to make you really connect with people. And steampunk's always been very good at sort of connecting people who are a little bit disparate. And so I think, yeah, if anything, it's it's more powerful and more useful than it's ever been for people. Well, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely started. It's definitely combined the uh, the American and English audiences audiences closer together than they ever have been as well. Yeah, um, I've seen a lot of that. Because yeah. as English, we like to stay up on Friday nights and drink really late. So it means we can interact with the Americans <laughs> who are finishing their day. But steampunk is such a great equaliser. As you know, you, you guys have travelled around as well. Like wherever you go, steampunks are basically all the same kind of boozy nerds, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> we are, so well, we're very connected all together. We're the prime example of being boozy nerds. Suppose you've seen what we've been doing. Exactly. What have you What have you been doing then uh, with your musically, with your time? You've just released an LP, haven't you? Yeah, I stuck an LP out uh, with a guy called Mister Frisbee, which was a really nice sort of like lots of lovely festival songs, and turned out to be almost like a you know an unintentional antidote to horrible Corona stuff and lockdown things. I was going to do a, you know like like everybody started doing, particularly rappers. Loads of rappers started doing like lockdown and Corona songs, and I was about to do one, and someone very kindly made me a beat. And then I was like, actually, if I do any music or any creative stuff, I want to not be talking about the situation we're in. Yeah, plenty of other people that can deal with the situation we're in. Like, and it, it, it has been quite flooded with that thing. sort of stuff, hasn't it? <laughs> let's, let's just do stuff that is completely escaping all of that. So, well, it, it will. Uh, lots of music at the moment. It's lovely. It, it will date it as well. So oh. it'll be great now. But you look back at it in a couple of years, and it won't make any sense. Yeah, the last thing you'd want is to have like the ultimate, you know, backing track. You've got the like, you know, the best beat, blah blah blah, and it goes really popular, and then it gets outdated, and you're like, damn, that was the one that was actually most like, well, that was the one that went viral. <laughs> so, but as a man who, you know, a man who made his career out of fighting trousers, I don't really care if things stop being relevant. I just carry on doing them <laughs> till I die. <laughs> Isn't that the whole point? Yeah. Isn't that the whole point of steampunk? They carried on Victoriana. You know, it's like it's like Tom Wilde. You know, like he um, with the "No More Fucks to Give" song. I mean, that I mean, how that went viral was incredible. You know, like phenomenal, wasn't it? I just that fucking guy who people like. You know, hopefully uh, this won't offend anybody with my swearing, but that guy (gasps) like MC Hammersmith. This this chap, he... Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. Oh, God. And like 400 people sent me that link going, oh, Prof, looks like you got a bit of competition. I know. And at the risk of sounding slightly arrogant, I kept looking and going, no, I really, really don't. Like, I- <laughs> <laughs> and basically, I, I got... Um, I saw it come up on someone's newsfeed. Like, they, they weren't a steampunk. They were just sharing it going, oh, this is brilliant. And I, 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 I remembered commenting going, like, it's just a, like, a shit knockoff like Professor Elemental, I was like, no, just no. I, do you know what? I had that. I anymore. I had that thought, but then I actually I listened to it again, and I was like, no, it just sounds like an MP, like a reject MP who happens to know how to rhyme. <laughs> I think I've got a real issue with, and I know I'm in a glass house throwing stones saying this, but because I love hip hop so much, hmm. like you can't parody things unless you already love them. That's like a comedy sort of yeah. oh, doing a funny rap kind of thing always looks awful. You have to kind of love the thing and know how it works to be yeah. able to do a parody of it. And it really smacks to someone going, I reckon I can do this. It's fine. I'm like, no, you've got to put the work in if you're going to parody something properly. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I get it completely. Yeah, I mean, you know, like it's, it's your it's your biggest 
passion, isn't it? It's your biggest. Yeah, absolutely, you know, if you if you really love something, then you're allowed to take the piss out of it. But you have to it, kind of earn the stripes. I think. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And I think what, what I the, the takeaway I had from that was this guy's like rap history began and ended with Eminem. Yeah, like <laughs> it really is it, isn't it? So like like he had the Marshall Mathers e- uh, LP, and that was it. That's the only that's the only rap hip hop he ever touched. Right. So, all, the, all the thing about that is, I'll probably diss him, just like Mr. B. I'll diss him. I'll say loads of horrible stuff about him. I'll probably make a song, and then I'll meet him, and he'll turn out to be a lovely, lovely man. <laughs> probably, <Yeah>. probably. <laughs> Always the bloody way. So, are you working on the? Um, like online stuff at the moment have you been doing any like little shows and no i'll be kind of chucking i I just did a little something uh now uh called hms uh lockdown i think it was called it was a lovely little variety show that was the first i've done but i haven't had much inclination to do it without the audience i mean you you know yeah that's it i i did i did one for my um i did one for the electric time bomb Hmm. um and it was fine like i did it in my living room i set it all up and the response was great I mean, there was about 300 people watching it. Wow. It was amazing. And I set up a Zoom room so I could have an audience as well. And there was about 80 people in this Zoom room. Incredible. And they were all dressed up in steampunk. But it was that, it was that the moment you finish a song and there's no claps, you're like, I'm in my fucking living room. Know, yeah. Isn't it? Just and, bring you back to where you are. Like, oh God, no, this is, this is not quite normal. And, and we, are, we are starting to, uh, you know, we're starting to edge into prime summer festival season i mean me and matt have spoke about this endlessly but it's there's a real itch in the back of your like in the back of your head to get out there and perform of course it's really it's really tough and then whoever we whoever is forced to live with us whether it be family or flatmates yeah. they have to deal with <laughs> deal with our exorbitant like i'll do a show in the garden for the children please dad please stop. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've decided i've decided to entertain the neighbors whether they like it or not <laughs> But was that the time bomb show sounds amazing though? That actually sounds like an example of something like that going really. Yeah, it was good. The only problem is I'm such a perfectionist. Um there was like sometimes throughout it, it was it was normally all right, but then sometimes throughout it, like the backing track wasn't in sync with the vocals and that, and it's just shit if it doesn't if it does that. I mean and and then like you you I listened back to it, like I watched it back. And I was like, oh, and all the times it was going in and out, I was like, that's, I mean, it's, it's, try, it's tricky not to get disheartened by it. Ooh. But, um, but everyone, yeah. was, everyone on the stream was loving it. Like they were like, yeah. they, were like they were absolutely loving it. Matt, and Matt was like, um, oh, great. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Joe, what's it really sound like? And I was like, spit out of sync. And you were like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe was my sound engineer throughout it. You know, they're a very forgiving audience. That's again, particularly our audience, but um, yeah. 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 I think personally, I, I think they were just starved for uh, something to watch. No, honestly, it was it was good. He had fucking he had lights and everything and a banner. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there are good stuff out there to watch as well. Like you know, it's it's, it's a bit hit and miss. But yeah, Alice, really Alice's Night Circus has been doing a brilliant one. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, she's been hers has been working really well. Oh, amazing! Yeah, um, she's done it quite regularly as well. I think at least once or once every week or two weeks, she's been doing it. Yeah. I think I've seen about three of them now. Yeah, but but she's oh, doing she's doing a lot of um she's doing quite a few covers as well and doing like a sing along like cover thing as well, which is quite cool. Good idea. 
Um, yeah, there's a lot, but, you know, it, it's not obviously it's not quite the same, but there is something quite lovely about sitting with the person you're living with and putting on, you know, searching for DJs and searching for acts. We've had a couple of really funny nights of just dancing around the living room to whatever DJ we happen to find, whether it's a yeah, just having a few DJ beers and Greece or whatever. It's nice, yeah, it's still I, really fun. There's some great things going around the internet, though. I mean, my personal favourites, there was all the people singing the Foo Fighters song, which I actually thought was really good. Um, but my personal favourite was all the members of Goldfinger, uh, with the main singer of Gold, Goldfinger, I can't remember his name, John Feldman or something, yeah. uh, is, is a professional record producer, produced loads of top records. And he's, they've all got music studios, so they've all recorded this absolutely incredible cover of Superman and some of their other hits. And it's just them bouncing around in their homes. They're in their, they must be in their fifties now, Goldfinger, but absolutely loving it. Oh, yeah. yeah, there is. Yeah. There's, there's been some, there was a lovely little moment where I was just on my phone and like my favorite rapper in the world, Big Daddy Kane was doing something on Instagram. And for a, for a brief millisecond, there was just me, Raycorn the chef and fucking, I don't know, Eric Sermon commenting. I was like, wow, I love lockdown. This is like, <laughs> Hip-hop nerdy dreams have come true. It's wonderful. So, Matt, what have we got coming up on the show? So, on the show, uh, I need to check my phone. (laughs) So, uh, next up... Caught you off guard there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for that. So, next up, we have Count Factula. Then uh, I'm going to play a little game uh, called Hero or Zero. Uh, then I'm going to play uh, then uh, we've got the Blankomatic and just general uh, silliness and debauchery Scrubbins. Oh, well, Scrubbins. Debauchery. that's what I've been missing that sounds amazing well we've so, seen we've seen your shorts already so yeah <laughs> and shins <laughs> well you know the, the thing I've just done prior to this was like a nautical theme so you know I've got my sailor suit I've got my little flamingo uh, swimming oh, right. well this is this is becoming <laughs> gentlemen. Why not? <laughs> this has become family. Uh, <laughs> this family um, unfriendly. Yeah, yeah. but we're, not, we're not fucking family friendly anyway. <laughs> yeah, true, true. And also for anyone, for anyone that's not got the video for this, obviously listen to the podcast. Uh, Professor Renantel just stood up and showed us his very short flamingo shorts, and a bollock fell out. One hey bollock there. fell out. Just yeah. one. Hey there, we don't need one to... juicy boy. Let's not mention that. That's not the, <laughs> the, the classy podcast that's coming on. Uh, this well, isn't a classy podcast. You have met us, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. So uh, next up is Count Factula. I've got facts for you. You've got facts for me. Well, here comes Count Factula to train you with his facts. I am Count Factula. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good one. That was brilliant. That's that a good was... count factioner. That's that's in my top three count factioners. That one. Uh, so, welcome to uh, a segment of the show called Fount Factioner, your unreliable source of facts. In each week, uh, me, Matt, and whoever else uh, dares come on the show bring facts to the table. Uh, they're often not well researched. They're often untrue, but we enjoy them anyway. So, Matt, do you want to take us away? I will take you away. So, take me away. This <laughs> this week, I'm talking about hauntedness and scariness. Oh, I'm scared. And um, there, I'm talking about a haunted painting. 
Now, the pointed painting, I've forgotten the fucking name of. Oh, I've, I know it. I know it. It's uh, Portrait... <laughs> pointed, pointed Painting 1. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> dot, por- dot JPEG. Port- portrait, of, portrait of a boy circa 1598. Yeah. So, there's a painting called The Hands Resist Him. Ooh. And uh, when you get a moment, go onto Google and check out this painting called The Hands Resist Him. And it's a very vile picture of this creepy boy um next to this weird almost life-size doll next to him um i'm just going to put it on the camera i don't know if they can really see it but anyway um now the this painting was made um by a guy called bill stoneham and the painting was based off a childhood uh photo and uh Basically, he ended up selling... Uh, he was part of a uh, an art gallery, and uh, he was commissioned to do two paintings a week, uh, two paintings a month for $200, and he did this one based off of his old childhood uh, picture, and it is creepy as fuck. Anyway, um, it ended up going to, like, various art galleries and stuff like that, and this was, this was in 1972, um, and... People who owned it said they felt really weird by it. Like, it just, it, I mean, it's not great. It's a scary picture anyway, but they felt really weird by it. Um, so it eventually ended up um, going to uh, John Marley, who was in The Godfather. He was the one who was next to the horse's head. Um, but then between... Um, basically, three people that had dealt with this painting had died within a space of about three years of each other. Um, and nobody knew where the painting went. And it, they ended up finding it off of eBay. And this is where it gets um, absolutely disgusting. Um, she, th- this person was selling it um, and was basically like, look, if you want this painting, beware. And putting all these like, um, you know, warning signs on it and that sort of stuff. Um, and... Basically, the, trying to sell it, the reason I was trying to sell it is because their four-year-old daughter uh, reported that um, the boy kept coming out of the painting and hanging out in her bedroom, and the the doll um, was holding like a gun to make sure he gets out of the painting. Um, and what happened is the dad was to prove to show to the little girl look it's fine he set up all these cameras and that sort of stuff and in the cameras in the night he saw footage of the boy coming out of the painting um i mean this is going to be obviously this is believe what you want it sounds um, like but, paranormal activity the movie yeah but then when they went and put it on ebay they were getting messages and complaints of people saying that um they've been haunted after looking at this picture online. Um, so yeah, that's my fact. Yeah. Um, I just Googled the picture as well. It's not, it's quite unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's okay. I didn't want to sleep tonight anyway. They weren't necessarily haunted. Yeah. So it's called the hands resist him. Yeah. What I don't like in particular about it is there's obviously this picture of a boy and the doll, the weird life-size doll. And there's lots of hands in the window. In the window, yeah. just kind of scratching. It's, yeah, not, it's disgusting. Not cool. Unsubscribe. No. Why, why, like, why, what, 
Was there some kind of basis for it being spooky in the first place? Or did someone just paint a shit painting with loads? Someone painted a shit painting. Oh, <laughs> it was painted with. I need a sort of. Maybe it was painted with the ashes of the dead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, um, an ancient Indian burial ground. That's it. Does no, sound I, a bit Stephen King. I think he just. I think he just enjoyed painting. He's done a few. I checked out the artist. Uh, the, yeah, the artist is called Bill Bill Stoneham, and he's all of his paintings are just weird. He's actually done another picture from the other side of the window of the kids. Uh, so, like, what's inside the house? Well, he had um, a, basically he had a hit with that picture, and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to carry this on." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's my uh, little fact about a spooky picture. I mean that's I, that's less factual and more hearsay, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is count factual. Yeah, welcome to count factual. <laughs> go, go on then, go on then, Mister Mister Big Boots. What's your fact then? Yeah, yeah. I'm mocking his fact, aren't I? I haven't even delivered any facts myself. Exactly. I can't think of this on the spare of the moment, but my probably my favourite fact is as a comic nerd, another comic nerd might know this story, but it amazed me when I first heard it that the um, Superman was pretty much single-handedly responsible for stopping the Ku Klux Klan in America in real <laughs> life. This is this absolutely, I love this story so much. The Ku Klux Klan were rife in the um, early 1950s, I think it was. Yes, they were all yeah. the place, they were becoming increasingly mainstream. Um, but also Superman, um, in those days, had a very popular radio series. And for whatever reason, there was an episode where he started taking on the Ku Klux Klan. And he name-checked, I think, a couple of the people in the Klan, so a couple of the high, high-level high people. And the, it was a really... The Grand really, Dragon. Yeah, the Grand Dragon and all the, you know, the top racists, all the best racists. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so he, he sort of name-checked them. And I think, I think if I've got the story right, that he, he named a few people that were sort of known for being in the Klan. What, in their real, their real names? Their real names... Superman was so popular at the time, and the fact that he smashed them and called them baddies and destroyed them, that actually the clan became an absolute laughing stock. And from that point onwards, they became increasingly on the fringes of the things and became less powerful and less sort of worthwhile until Donald Trump arrived. Wow. So the idea that yeah. a character could come and destroy something that was genuinely horrible, like a proper real-life villain, I thought was probably my favourite thing that's ever happened with a superhero. I love that fact. That is yeah, absolutely... Right. That is... All right, you, all right, you win. You're winning. <laughs> hey, um, hey. My poison. I've got a fact. Hey, <laughs> you've not heard my fact yet. All right, all right, I'll hold it. But that was an absolutely outstanding um, fact. P- Paul, who is your favourite superhero? Do you have one? I do. I'm going to get him for you now. Bear with me one second. This will play. This will play very well into your to your next segment, Matt. Okay, brace yourselves. This is my favourite superhero of all time. Uh, that elongated man. Oh, it's um Clem- Clemens Fandango. Plastic Man. Look, Ooh. he's got a little extending neck. What's his name? He's Plastic Man. Oh, Plastic, Plastic Man. He's notable for being the superhero that all the other superheroes think is shit. Uh, I don't know know why as a rapper in a pith helmet that particularly appealed to me but I really really love Plastic Man so that's why (laughs) Who did did Plastic Man? Uh, He did Plastic Man and he's uh, Because they did Elongated Man as well didn't they? They did and let's face it like Plastic Man might be shit but Elongated Man I know Worst name for any superhero that's ever Hey look 
If, a- if Ant-Man can get his own franchise, then I'm sure Plastic Man can. I'm on DC Comics. Give me my Plastic Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do you have a fa- do you have a favourite villain? Um, when I was young, it was always the Joker. I think it's my first comic. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of people's. Yeah, so it's a really basic one. But again, I really like. There's a villain. There's a Batman villain called Kite Man, and his gimmick is just that he's got a massive kite that he flies around. <laughs> on. I tell you, I tell you what though, played on that is great. This is always a good. This is always good debate because I know what what, what Matt's is. But who's your who is your Joker? As in the the on screen adaptation. Who is your? I don't know that there's been one. I kind of skip a generation because my favourite one was the 70s one. In the, in the 1970s, the Joker just kept like, I have built a room full of deadly toys or I've chilled my face on a cliff edge. Like, I don't really like yeah. the book because it's just like, oh, I've murdered a load of people. Like, well, anyone can do that. I want to like, <laughs> that's really stupid and weird. Because yeah. yours is, yours is uh, Luke Skywalker, man. Isn't it? Uh, the okay. Mark, Mark Hamill. Yeah, Ma- yeah. I, I love Mark Hamill, but I... Absolutely. As a, for an actual actor, um, not that Mark Hamill wasn't an actual actor, but I mean, like to actually act it out. Um, it's the, uh, the I, I can't remember his name, but the guy from Gotham. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. he was he was my favorite. He was my favorite Joker. Well, he then, wasn't. Uh, he was proto Joker, and then and well, without ruining it too much. He he was two different types of Joker, wasn't he? Yeah, like at one moment he was more the um like the Heath Ledger uh, mm, yeah. type one, and then he went to the uh like the Jack Nicholas t- style no, when he had Jack like Nicholson, the hat yeah. and yeah, yeah Jack Nicholson and and he had all the hat. I thought he was brilliant, and yeah, he, he was... and he got both personalities because they were twins, weren't they? And yeah. yeah, he was very good, very good. Uh, well, um, strap yourself in for my facts, guys. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> this is so rubbish. It's great, but uh. I I love uh, I love the science YouTube channel Vsauce, and this is something I picked up from Vsauce, and I uh, I had a look into it. But basically, have you ever heard the expression "as flat as a pancake"? I have. Mm-hmm. You know, that's as flat as a pancake. Uh, and there's parts of America, especially in the Midwest, that are very flat. Kansas is always notable for being one of the flattest uh areas of america so utah state university in 2003 decided to do the study is utah uh, is uh, kansas flatter than a pancake and it turns out <laughs> if you scale up a pancake to uh five million times so it's the size of kansas in matter of fact uh kansas is so much flatter than a pancake a pancake is not oh. very flat at all. The peaks and troughs of a pancake measure about 10 kilometers, which is bigger than Mount Everest. So, oh. in a matter of fact, <laughs> most of the earth is flatter than a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> but what I thought was very interesting is uh, if, you do the, if you do the reverse and you scale earth to the side, talking about t- turning things big and small, scale scaling things, if you turn the earth to the size of a kind of classroom globe, the amount of water on the surface, every bit of water in ocean, rivers, lakes, etc., and in the atmosphere goes to about 14 milliliters. So if you were, if you were big enough to have the world in your hands like that, uh, as Michael from Vsauce said, you'd probably rip it apart with pure gravitational force. But you, if, you, if that didn't happen, you probably could mop up all of earth's water with a big paper towel. 
<laughs> wow, that was a shit fact. <laughs> so there you no, go. I like that. I did like that. For all the for all the flat earthers out there, Earth is flatter than a pancake. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's been, I reckon that's been the most the most disturbing thing of this whole fucking Corona thing has been the prevalence of people who have been believing in oh, know, conspiracy theories. Things. Do you know what? I'm and not even going to touch this. Oh my god! I I I had a friend of ours recently who's quite an intelligent person, and they genuinely said, "Well, I mean, if there was uh, some kind of vaccine, would you take it?" I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> oh, I'd no, be knocking down the door. Say, like, <laughs> what is wrong with people? So yeah, that's been that's been more terrifying than the. Than, oh, yeah. I don't think we should. This not really in the realms of this podcast to touch subjects like that, but just to <laughs> just to just to you know. Just to add it, me and Matt both got banned from the same group for arguing with people about things like that. So yeah, it was group. It was it was the, it was like the local Gravesend. Uh, it was Gravesend uh, and Dartford. Yeah, like community group. Uh, and Matt yeah. starts. Well, I think there is a bit of a problem with the five G. Actually, it might be affecting people's heads. Well, I I think that's how it started, and then Matt started calling people gammons and. Uh, and then got blocked and I loved laughing at him because I'd actually called someone a cunt and managed to get away with it and I was like oh you got banned for calling someone a gammon and I haven't and then the next day it was like oh I can't even find the page so clearly I'd been banned it was worth it uh, it yeah. unraveled so quickly it's a, it's, a, it's a lot like saying the wrong thing on stage and then just going oh no I, I might have overstepped the mark there I don't know wrong but that might not be the right place but my favourite thing about these these like these little groups like I'm part of the Dartford community group and they're great for just trolling because um, you know I've got nothing else to do it's not even trolling though it's, it's just correcting <laughs> misinformation yeah but but my favourite one is um we've got like there's like a lake near where I live and there's some little ducklings and my favourite thing is to just comment forbidden snacks <laughs> <laughs> and then see everyone kick off going that's not very nice they're not snacks you can't eat them and all this sort of stuff I'm like Oh, right. <laughs> it's all right. All those guys will get fried by the 5G rays when they walk outside the house. Yeah. <laughs> then they'll finally see the truth. Yeah. Or, or they get sucked into the time cube. My, I mean, the la- my last word on it, the, uh, the problem I have in all seriousness is we share our shit facts, but me, me and Matt and yourself, I'm sure, it's, uh, like to research the things we talk about, even if we're not experts in it, at least a cursory look over the information. Know whether it's real or not. Really. Yeah, and 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 the, you know, the, it's, it's the, these people are real life Dunning Kruger things, uh, like effects. They've read something on the internet, and when you call them out on it, and you have information, so you know, you cite your sources. You go, look, this is all the information to the contrary of what you just said, and it, and you're like, how about you show me what it is that you know where you've got your information from? Well, I don't have to prove to you anything. You're the one that's got to prove it to me. Yeah, but let me refer you to the bit where I gave you 16. <laughs> well, don't believe the government lies. And you're like, yeah, but that's not the government. This, you know, this, I've given you all these it sources. It crumbles very, very quickly, doesn't it? And they, mean, the, real, the real thing that bothers me at the moment about the kind of, uh, the erosion of us all having a consistent truth that we all, you know, a certain story that we're all able to tell ourselves that this is an objective thing. And watching that fall apart is probably the scariest thing about getting older and being being in the modern world. You know those things when you're particularly, you know, I'm in my mid-40s now, certain things like, I don't know, mumble rap or whatever, 
start maybe going, oh, I don't understand that, or this Zoom meeting, oh, I don't really know how it works. <laughs> and I think, yeah, that's one of the things that scares me the most, watching the, the, the universal truths that we all share fall into yes. these terrible camps. It's well, the world is a dark and confusing place, and luckily, Matt has a game to cheer us up. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, so this next section, we're going to play a little game called Heroes or Zeros. Now, Paul, I made this game specifically with you in mind. Thank you. Um, you may be a winner in this, but I'm hoping I've given it enough challenge. Basically, I'm going to list some made-up superheroes and made-up superpowers. Yes. And some real superheroes and superpowers that are actually in comics or somewhere in the universe. Of course. Uh, and you have to say whether it's a hero or a zero. Okay, so hero, real thing, zero, doesn't exist. It yeah. doesn't exist. Am I playing this as well? Yeah, I, you're, play, I'm, you're... I'm playing you're, against Paul. Great. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so... Is Superman in there? Because I know him. <laughs> Oh, damn. One point, uh, Joe. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about Plastic Man Elongated now. Man. Yeah, Plastic yeah. Man and Elongated Man. Okay, first one. Buffalo Boy. I reckon that's real. That sounds 1950s to me. I'm going to no. say hero. I'm going to say zero. It is a zero. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I can see it. Normally, for every one of these, I've been the one that's made the game, so I've not been <laughs> subject to the torture <laughs> of it. Uh... Arm fall off, boy. Oh, zero. Hero. It's a hero. Oh, God. He wasn't able to, was he? Yeah, he, yeah, he was refused oh, membership to the Legion of Superheroes. Because um, his arm had fallen off. got no chance in this. Like, literally, it's my specialist subject in math. Yeah, I know, right? Sorry. Spider plant man. Oh, I say that, but I don't know this one. I'm say <laughs> hero. <laughs> I'm gonna so say, what are you saying? Uh, he said hero. I'm going to say zero. Oh, no, I'm going to say zero as well. Zero. He was a hero. Oh. So Spider-Plant Man was played by Rowan, Axon, Rowan Atkinson in a comic relief short uh, film in 2005 where he could shoot plants from his arms. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. He... <laughs> it was one of those very comic relief sketches. It was like, oh, that's got all the good people in. Oh, um, Captain Chocolate. <laughs> Captain Chocolate. I mean, if he's not a hero, he should be. He's our hero in lockdown, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say zero. I'm going to say hero somehow. He's a zero. Yeah, I know where your mind went. You probably just went in the ki- <laughs> you probably just went in the bloody kitchen, didn't you? Um, okay, so I'm gonna do a few. I'm gonna do a few superpowers. Okay. Um, a rosemary bead lasso. I'm gonna say zero on that. I reckon you've combined uh, bead. Yeah. <laughs> Things you know about. I'm gonna say hero because it's too weird to not be a real player. It is a zero. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. See, see, you've got you know Matt. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, you know comic books. I know the way this man's mind works. (laughs) Um, The ability to create earthquakes, but only when drunk. That's a hero. Is that major disaster? Uh, I'm going to go with hero as well, basically because of what Paul said. It is a hero, but it is a character called Gin Genie. 
And Gin Genie can only uh, cause earthquake when he's drunk. Gin Genie. Um, and a, a rapid Gin Genie. A screeching stethoscope. What is wrong with you to make up these things? <laughs> yeah. I might not have made it up. Time on our hands. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with hero. I'm gonna go with zero. It's a zero. Ah, uh, just, sorry, just, just crab man. Crab man. I mean, it just feels like it should be a thing, doesn't it? It feels too obvious as two set of words that someone in the 1950s or 60s didn't do it. So yeah. I'm gonna go with hero. Oh, I'm with you. I feel like we're on the same team. It there. was a hero, but it was fairly recent. Oh, okay. Um, and um, he was a Spider-Man villain, and uh, he was part of the Legion of Losers. <laughs> Sounds about right. And well, where can I apply? apply yeah. Um, what about Doctor Death? That's a that's a well, not a hero. Can't say he's a hero. Well, <laughs> Doctor Death. Yeah, definitely real, like fake real. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Hero. He's a zero. Ah, name of a life sentence album. Dr. Death. I googled it to try and find some sort of Dr. Death in a comic book, and I could not find anything. Yeah, there's been no comic book adaption of Harold Chipman's life so far. Which... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, although you do get Christopher Dunch, who uh, was nicknamed Dr. Death, uh, resulting in maiming of... <laughs> the death and maiming of 33 patients. So... Oh. He's a real life villain. It's a nice <laughs> escape. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, the, the last one is uh, Throg. T H R O G. Oh, I reckon That's zero. Throg. Throg. I reckon zero. Sounds like, a, it sounds like a lesser known 2000 AD character. I'm going to say hero just because, you know. He's a hero. Um, uh, Simon Walterson was turned into a frog by a witch years later after being introduced into a tribe of amphibians in Central Park as Puddle Gulp, he came into contact with Thor. When Toothnasher, Thor's mystical goat, chipped off a slither of Thor's hammer, Puddle Gulp lifted it and was created the power of Thor. So you had the power of Thor in a frog. I hate you know it. I enjoyed so much about the description was Joe's face because it's a face I've <laughs> seen so many times when you to them. You've got, you've got to read it because this happens next and they're just like... You're, you, that's your thing. My thing is like old Final Fantasy games and it was just reminding me of like you can turn into a... <laughs> yeah, you could, there's a bit in quite a lot of them where you, your character just gets turned into a frog and your abilities, you only do like one hit point of damage. And you're useless, and you just slap them with your little froggy um, hands. So, um, uh, just, just, just some extra ones that I found out that are actual that are heroes. Yeah. We've got Plant Man. Oh yeah, with the, um, power, the power of photosynthesis. Yeah. Uh, so that was a fun one. Uh, and then we've got Matter Eat Lad. <laughs> Did he eat matter? He can eat anything, and he was a, he was part of DC's Legend Legion of Superheroes. And once he ate the inside of a meteor. Oh. To, to protect to save the world so yeah this is a uh, hero or zero <laughs> if you could have if you could have one superhero power what would it be oh uh, the idea of photosynthesis you know what was he the plant man if i had the power of photosynthesis i'd never need to pay for food again i'd just stand out in the sun you'd be just like <laughs> shit salad wouldn't you just like, yeah 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 you'd only eat salad, salad no you 
plants don't eat salad. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you would leave. Oh, oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, okay. You absorb the sun. Right, okay. I absorb the sun. So on a nice walk out in the sun. I'm, yeah, but, what, like but one of life's dinner. biggest pleasures is, in, is eating food. Yeah, but it's also one of life's biggest expenses because I've always fucking eaten. Like, if I could retain the ability to eat a nice steak dinner, but also for the rest of my meals, just go outside. <laughs> 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 I think I'd like to teleport, but I could teleport anywhere in the world at any time. You know, I could be having a shit time and I'll just teleport to, you know, Orlando. Scumfort. Scumfort. Uh, you'd always know, wouldn't you? Like, oh, where's Matt? Oh, he, did, he thought this was rubbish. He's, he's teleported somewhere else. But I, could, but I could also, but if I hold someone's hand, I can take them with me. Oh, great. Can you take me to Scumfort? Yeah. yeah. Please, can we come with you? Oh, yeah. I'd, uh, right now, I'd just go to New Zealand. <laughs> go on, Prof. Go on, Prof. We'd all like to go to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Prof. What's yours then? Uh, my superpower. I think I would quite like a sort of stretchy power. There's a character called Metamorpho, which is a rubbish sort of sixty superhero that can change into any of the elements, and it's such an obscure and weird power. I reckon you could play with that for ages. You could just dick about and yeah, <laughs> yeah. keep turning into nitrous oxide and making everybody laugh. It'd be fine. <laughs> so before. <laughs> Before we go into the blank matic there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of rap questions I want to throw you away. Because yeah. uh, also, I th- the first thing that was on my mind was uh, we obviously are all musicians on this chat and the way me and Matt work, I mean, I don't know about Matt, but when I sit down to write, I could never be a rapper because the thought process is just too fast. Um, when I'm writing lyrics, usually it, it's like a snatch of lyric will come to me and I'll write, I've got like a, a notepad thing that I write them in and then eventually it will build up into a song, but it takes weeks and months. Uh, how in the world do you just come up with all of this? Like it freestyling blows and, my mind. And, and, and remember it. Yeah. Fr- wow. Freestyle. Cause it's like, you're basically quadrupling the number of lyrics that Matt has to sing on any given time. And he can barely get through that without shifting <laughs> the word potato into half of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I have seen that. But, you know, and the, the, the thing is, the key there is Matt has to sing it. And you have to sing it and you have to play the notes that go with it. And I think all I have to do is come up with words and shout them out in exactly the same voice. <laughs> because all I've got to do is concentrate on words and how they fit together in a little kind of pattern. Then that is my only thing. I don't have to worry about... You know, I barely know how chords work. I don't really know how proper music works a lot of the time. So I think that's the key. I think you just focused on one thing. Like if you just play the guitar, you might not know how to play the piano, but you really know how yeah. guitar. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah, one, one single thing, I think. Um, but yeah, like that's the lovely thing about rap is that on the downside, you don't have the musical variety, but on the upside, you've got the luxury of words to describe whatever. Weird True. Thing. How up to date are you with uh, modern rap? I put. I, I meant to put up air quotations there, but I didn't. But modern rap. Oh, the modern rap that the kids are listening to these. Days. For example, have you heard Takeshi 69s new song Gooba? Oh no! <laughs> Don't. I have. <laughs> Don't I'm get me started. Oh, like there's a, there's a balance. Like I try and keep. You know, I still try and keep open and passionate about new music. But at the same time, I think if I was like a 45 year old man that just knew all of the all of the mumble rappers and all of the grime rappers. I think there's a line where you actually, you can know too much. Yeah. Just, just like, <laughs> hey, have you heard the, the new grime guys? It's, it's apparently really great. I think it's all right to sort of stay in your lane and see. And I, <laughs> Yeah. There's something quite good about creative things going off beyond your understanding. So that means they're still developing. 
but they're still turning into new things. Like, well, that's that's none of my business what you're doing, but well done. Good good luck over there. I've done, yeah, yeah. I'll pass it I, to you. So I think nice. I think you uh, you mentioned it quite eloquently earlier. The fact that you can tell you've got like a pedigree in like old school hip hop and you really love hip hop because and rap because otherwise you wouldn't be a successful act. You'd be a childish parody. And I, I think, think that- as a white as a white middle class person, there's an extra, you know, there's a, you've got a lot of extra privilege, particularly playing to a sort of steampunk crowds who are going to be very kind to you. I think you have to sort of offset that privilege a little bit by at least knowing your shit and paying paying yeah. dues to people who come before you and you know knowing your place within it knowing that you are just a silly little parody and that you're basically doing you know black music and try, trying not to ruin it for everybody else yeah but I think, I think you've got to be aware of yourself I think the special thing about you is whenever I explain you to someone they don't get it they just don't understand <laughs> but then well, exactly it, doesn't it like if yeah yeah, but you're not you're not talking about the music. Yeah. <laughs> There's this fucking weirdo, right? He keeps popping up in my bushes. But I'm like, yeah, it's a guy and he's dressed like a kind of uh like jungle explorer and he's rapping about trousers and tea. And they're like, okay. Uh, when he's white, okay. And they're like, and then I play it and they're like, oh, this is it's got really good flow and blah blah blah. So I think there's a there's a kind of dichotomy between Trying to describe it, you and actually listening it, it, to you. It's, it's also the same with us, though, if people try and describe kind of us. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would really struggle to describe Victor and the Bully to someone who didn't know any steampunk or didn't go to any... To be fair, so do, so do we. No. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's a real common thing with steampunks and steampunk bands. Like, I think most of us sort of mumble when we sort of, oh, well, I like steampunk and it's kind of this thing. Like, we, you know, we're all, we all sort of struggle to, to define it, but that actually makes it better in some ways. Hmm. It's ours and it's secret and we know what it means and no one else does. And yeah, it. and it also, it also creates curiosity to new people. Yeah, well, exactly. Every, every time you do it, Matt, every time I hear you explain it, it's always something different. Oh, so what kind of music do you play? Well... And then there's usually words like circus and cabaret and moustache and Satan and naked. jumping and naked and uh, creamy bums, really bum holes. You're the perfect example of that. The music that you guys make is the absolute epitome of being impossible to pigeonhole. That, that's why you'll never make any money out of it or never make no. it. Because it is. No. Uh, Liquid. But we have a bloody good time doing it, so... Who cares? That's everything. Now I'm doing it with my best mate, so... Nah. <laughs> I'm delighted. delighted. No homo. Um, okay, so uh, unfortunately, we did do a Blankomatic, but um, the uh, audio went all a bit weird, and we can't be bothered to go through all the options again, because it took quite long. Uh, so sorry, there's no Blankomatic, but it means you're going to be more excited for the next Blankomatic we're going to do. Um... So, Mr. Professor Elemental, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on Sin and Jim podcast. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I've been really, like, proper excited about getting on. This is one of the, you know, with podcasts, sometimes you get asked to do them and you go, oh, okay, I'll do it. This is the one that I was like, I want to, you know, will you, when can I? I don't, I don't suppose I could. <laughs> yeah, thank you very well, much. You're, you're always welcome to come on as a guest and it, whether you want to, uh, you know, to flog your stuff or tell tell everyone what you're doing. You're always welcome on. Um, but it's been absolutely wonderful to see you. You've been brilliant catching up as well, and to um, no, and and hearing about all your adventures and stuff. And if no one's if no one's heard your stuff, which is unlikely for this crowd, but if anyone's heard your stuff, where can we where can we find a bit of your 
sexy shorts in our face. I reckon the best place to head is to the Patreon. That's where I seem to be generating most of my stuff at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, that's a good place to have a chit-chat and catch up, and I'll send you stuff to cheer you up throughout lockdown. So, yeah, head to patreon.com, Professor Elemental, that sort of thing. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on to Sin and Gin. It's been absolutely wonderful seeing you. And uh, this is Sin and Gin. Yeah. I've got a sweaty back. I've got sweaty balls. Hello.